Well, we're excited. It's already been a great day. We want to welcome our online uh, guests this morning. We're so glad that you have joined us. Let's wave and give them a hand clap for joining us this morning. You can go to the website and get information about the church, but we're just so glad you've joined us uh, today. And so uh, we're celebrating all the ladies. Praise God for ladies. Amen. Amen. We're proud of y'all. Amen. We're proud of y'all. But let's stand to our feet this morning. Pastor Mary Jean is going to come and uh, break open the bread of life for us this morning. Amen. God bless. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, and it's also good to know the Lord. Isn't that right? And um, I was just thinking earlier that how... uh, He's a life giver, and that's what Eve's name meant. She was the mother. She was a life giver. She was the first mother ever, and she was a life giver. You know, um, her name didn't become Eve until after the fall. She wasn't a wife, and he wasn't a husband until after the fall took place. So they were Adam. They were one. And uh, I was thinking about today what to what we need to talk about and what the Lord wanted to say to us today. And I, I believe it's a time to set vision. There we go. <laughs> to set vision and, and to reestablish our vision. I need to be refreshed in vision all the time. And it's not something I haven't known the, the, what we're going to talk about and stuff. But you need to review it over and over and over again. You need to constantly be refreshing your vision about things. And the, the, the bottom line is that we are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are to be showing a lost and dying world the way to life. So our home life needs to be in order to show life. Amen. And mothers, we play a big part in that. Women, we play a big part in that. So this is for all of us, uh, whether you've ever given birth physically to a child, you, you can always you mentor people all the time. Your influence is powerful. So if you've given birth physically to a child, you have a covenant with that child. You make covenant in birthing that child. And, uh, but even if you haven't birthed the child, ladies, you are a female made in the image of God, and you're, you carry a powerful influence. And so don't set yourself, uh, don't slight yourself there just because you didn't physically give birth to a child. But um, in this book, From the Father's Heart by Charles Slagle, it's a devotional, and that's where this statement came from. Self-control is indeed a fruit of the Spirit. It is by, this was uh, uh, one of the daily devotionals. Self, he says to, he was hearing from God when he wrote these things down. And the Lord says to him, son, self-control is indeed a fruit of the spirit. It is a byproduct of spirit-inspired vision. Self-control derives its strength from the joy of having purpose. So that's why we're going to renew vision today. Because we want to know, we want to have purpose. And the vision establishes purpose. When a man sees purpose, when his spirit is inflamed with a vision of his royal destiny, anything, good or bad, which would distract him from achieving his goals lacks power to attract him. So when you have purpose, 
And the Bible gives us that purpose that we need. It gives us clear direction. And, and one of the things that uh, that's crossed my mind a lot in thinking about this this week is that we need to make a, a solid decision if you believe the Bible or not. Because if you don't believe the Bible, don't listen to anything I'm saying. <laughs> but if you believe the Bible, then you can listen, listen to what I'm saying, because I'm telling you from the Bible. And the world system today, out in the world, people don't believe the Bible necessarily. So when you talk to them about the things of the Bible, to them it's foolishness. The things of the kingdom sound foolish to them. But this is the way to life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and, the, and I am the way and the truth. This is the way to life. And Eve was a life giver. And ladies, because we are a, um, equipped with more words, and the word brings life. So if we, ca- if we get our my- mouth in alignment with the word of God, we're life givers. Amen? Uh, I don't know if you know this, but when Noah was on the ark for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was trying to see if the if the rains had stopped, he sent a dove out. He sent a raven out first, but then he sent a dove out. And she found no place for, she, I thought it was interesting, it was called a she, found no place for the sole of her foot to land. So then he sent her out a second time. And when she came back, she had a freshly plucked olive branch in her mouth. And to me, that's the role of the woman right there. (laughs) I see it everywhere. But uh, when a woman gets a fresh anointed word, because the olive branch was the anointing was made from, when a woman gets a fresh anointed word in her mouth, then judgment will cease. Because we do most of the talk, we do a lot of the talking, don't we? Now, I know some men that can talk pretty good too, so I'm not just saying that. But, but any of us, when I talk about the female image of God, remember that the bride of Christ is in that role. So I'm talking about the whole church in some respects. You've got the church made up of male and female, and then you have the female position of the Godhead. And um, we, the bride of Christ holds that. Jesus is the king. We're the queen, if you will, as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I like to see, have pictures to show uh, about things. I think the, the male and the female demonstrate God to a lost and dying world. And so there is a motherhood side of God. Uh, the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, I think, talks about how he nurtured these people like a, like a, a mothering nurturing. He, he, that part of God came out of him. And uh, anyway, let me finish reading this. When a man sees purpose, his spirit is inflamed with a vision of his royal destiny. Anything good or bad which would distract him from achieving his goals lacks power to, to attract him. Or to distract him. Self-control is not willpower. Have you noticed? Self-control is a result. It springs from the power naturally released by purpose itself. I want you to see your purpose. I want to ignite your spirit with a vision of your mission daily. When you start seeing what you are and what you are about, you will easily avoid those things you can do without. I'll say that again. When you start seeing what you are and what you are about, you will easily avoid those things you can do without. Self-control is meaningless without mission. It is not even possible, and even if it were, it would be nothing but a mockery, a vanity above all vanities. 
But I think we both agree on this point. Seek me early. I will teach you to order your days. Remember, your victory is contained in the vision. It is yours for the asking. So the Bible gives us clear vision of the kingdom. Amen. It gives us clear vision of our roles as males and females made in the image of God. And we, we need to research that, to seek it out, to, to look in there. I remember when I first got saved, I got saved at home, and I got hold of a Bible. The, the people that passed Bibles out at the door had given a good news Bible, a little paperback. And I started reading that. I'm sitting in the middle of the kitchen floor at 10 o'clock in the morning with wash piled all around me. I got so into that Bible. And Pastor Jack gave me, that was, I got saved in like March. On Mother's Day, he gave me a living Bible, which came out at the time. I did not realize so much life was in that Bible. I did not realize so many questions I had and wondered about the answers were in that Bible. I was so excited to be reading that word. Listen, this word is what we're born again off of. This, we can't live without this word. And this is the kingdom of God. And when it gets inside of us, the kingdom is within us. And, and ladies, we play a big part in inspiring people with vision to read the word, to, to fulfill the word. When we get in alignment with what the word says... And the thing is, it, the, what the Word tells us for our part, ladies, is totally out of sync with what the world's telling us. Totally. Women of the world are totally out of order because they're running rampant in their own, their own um, desires. And coming to the kingdom, you give up those desires. You, you trade in your fleshly desires for His his uh, spiritual desires for your life. And listen, what he's got is a whole lot better. He, he wants to do more than we can do. One of the things we all wrestle with and deal with is that in the fall, in the garden, uh, they, they, their eyes fell from the glory and the kingdom and the principles of God, and they fell to themselves. Once, the, once that happened, they, their heads dropped and now all they're looking at is me, my, and mine. And, well, how does this affect me? What's it going to do for me? What about my career? What about my this? What about this? What about that? It's all about me. And we're all dealing that way. And yet we're trying to come into unity in a family unit. We're trying to come into unity and get things done. But as long as we're, we're operating out of that selfish, fallen nature, and listen, it's not easy. My, my mother used to say to my brother, she was 92 when she left. She'd look up at him and say, it's, it's not easy. Uh, what is this? It's growing old ain't for sissies, Johnny. And I added, being a Christian ain't for sissies either. Being a Christian ain't for sissies. It's for strong people with a dedication to the Lord. Because you give up yourself. And trying to keep hold of self and be a good Christian does not work. Because a good Christian is going to... <laughs> I remember Francis Frangipan said one time, he was dealing with a couple in his church, and he said, it took me a while, but I finally realized there were two people that wanted me dead. God, uh, no, these people, Satan and God, but for different reasons. He had to die to himself to, to deal with some situations. And we all have to do that. 
Self-control is a byproduct of spirit-inspired vision, and it derives its strength from the joy of having purpose. And this next one is the moral state of a nation. That's my favorite little saying. I've said it many times. Just stop and think about the moral state of this nation. If it's reflecting the spiritual state of the women of this nation, what would you say about that? And ladies, uh, uh, those of us who, as we've received Christ as our Savior, we're to be manifesting His glory. And His glory calls us to submit ourselves as unto the Lord to our husbands. We're not called to submit to all men, although uh, we are called to respect and recognize and honor all men. But we are called to submit to the one that we made a covenant with. That doesn't mean you can browbeat somebody else because you're not married to them. What I find is that as, as you honor the Lord in your household to, the, to your mate, you find out how uh, you find out you have a... Um, you, ha- you have a new respect for all men. We raised three boys, so I laughingly say even the dogs at our house were male. I was searching out my role as a female amongst all this testosterone. <laughs> and so, but it, it was uh, learning to respect the male because you're respecting God. You're respecting an aspect of God, just like the male needs to respect the female. If women, if you have a problem with men, get over it. Find out what, why and, and ask God to heal you and begin to forgive. Maybe some males treated you very wrongly, but don't let it rob you of God himself. And men, the same for you with women. Maybe you had a bad mother. Maybe you had a, a, a wrong uh, female influence in your life. But it will, be, it will benefit you to get over that. And God will help us get over these issues. But he tells us seven times to honor our father and mother in the Bible. It's in the Ten Commandments that you may live long upon the earth. So that, that's, a, that's a serious issue when you stop and think about that. So um, I wanted to read you from... Uh, well, here's, this is from a book called The Mom Factor. If you have issues with your mother, they can be holding up your spiritual life, and you need to get that settled. And ask God to help you get that settled. I mean, everybody didn't have the most perfect mother in the world. And you have to get over that, and you have to forgive them, and, um, and ask God to help you do that. Amen? In this book, The Mom Factor, by the ones that wrote the Boundaries book, uh, Townsend and... Townsend and Cloud. John Townsend and Henry Cloud. It says here, the mom factor, we strongly believe that God ordained the specialness and importance of mothering. Honor your father and mother is a recurring theme throughout the entire Bible. Yet we also need to be honest, tell the truth, take responsibility, heal, forgive, and grieve at the same time that we honor mom. Some people didn't have good mothering. And, you know, uh, this is the, the thing that they have discovered through small groups, through uh, good friendships. It says you can allow your friends to provide the mothering you needed and there learn the patterns of relating 
there learn the patterns of relating you have missed the first time around. When we aren't mothered perfectly, God will provide others to fill in the gaps. He can redeem our early experience, either building on the good our mother did or providing basic essentials our mother may have missed. You don't know what was, uh, what was handed to her or not handed to her. And maybe she took it out on you or didn't even talk to you. But just forgive her. Just choose to forgive her and release that. Otherwise, what we do with sin is we pass it on. We stay attached to it, and then we pass it to the, we we spread it. It's like a disease. <laughs> we spread it to others. So we we're gonna forgive today. Amen. We're gonna forgive uh, our our mothers. We're gonna concentrate on mothers today. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm perfectly honest with you. My mother and I had a rough relationship for a while. I mean, when I was a little girl, we were I was bonded to her. When she went out of town, I I get fever. I didn't run a fever. But as I got older, she was she tended to be very critical with me. And so I had a hard time. We didn't blend as well as we could have. Well, she came and stayed at our house and lived with us for eight years before she left here. And that was the greatest blessing I'd ever had. And um, it helped me to understand her. It helped me to know what, what she was made up of and what, what she was handed in life, and it really helped me to forgive her. And I knew that was going to happen, that by the time she left here, I was going to be really sad. <laughs> I thought, you're going to make me really love you, and I'm going to be really sad. And I have been. I've missed her a lot. So even though you think that you have a problem with a mother or a father or a sister or a brother, when they're gone, they're gone. And you may see them again in heaven, but you missed out here on the earth. It's, it's just becoming more and more. Maybe it's because I'm getting older. I don't know. I'm the older woman teaching the younger women today. Two considerations are your relationship with your mother and the process of mothering itself. And uh, in, in the book of Seven Habits, uh, well, let me just tell you here. In the Hebrew words for mother, and some of the women all know this, but the guys need to know this. The women of every generation have always been responsible. This is from the secrets of Hebrew words. The women of every generation have always been responsible for redemption. In the merit of righteous mothers, we were taken out of Egypt. In the merit of mothers throughout the ages, Jews will be delivered. Three times in particular stand out when the E and the M, uh, capital E, capital M, M, spells mother in Hebrew. And it served as the word containing the key to redemption. And the exodus from Egypt was accomplished through Aaron and Moses. Aaron and Moses is the E and the M. So Aaron and Moses standing side by side, their names say mother. And it was through their ministries that the people were taken out of Egypt. So the point he's making is that the redemption side of God is coming out of the motherhood side of the Lord. In, in Genesis, it talks about God, Elohim, 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 El Elohim, Elohim, all through chapter 1. And in the second verse of chapter 2, it's Elohim and then Jehovah. Jehovah carries the compassionate, merciful, feminine side. Elohim carries the male. You will see the masculine, feminine aspects of God throughout the Bible if you start learning to see them. Actually, can we jump ahead to Proverbs 6? Let me show you this. This is a good picture. Proverbs 6, 
this is a good picture of, uh, let me see, let me get my sheet. My son, keep your father's, your God-given commandment and forsake not the law of your mother that God your mother taught you. This is the Amplified. For the commandment is a lamp and the whole teaching of the law is light and reproofs of discipline are the way of life. And I wanted you to see this is a picture of a spiritual truth that the, the men, I like to say you're like the structure to the body, the bone structure to the body. And the women are like the, the, all the organs, the liver, the heart, the kidneys, the, all the gushy stuff inside. And uh, the more tender parts and the more, need, uh, the, the more needing protection. I think the Bible teaches us that the men are called to protect and provide. The sad thing is, is that women aren't letting you do that. Not that you wouldn't want to do that. I think it makes your manhood strong when you are allowed to do that. But women have come so far out of bounds that it's like they're insulted if you try to bless them. If you try to be the male aspect of the Godhead. Not in here, but out there. But we're just learn, we just, I just don't want out there to influence us in here. That we understand what we're doing. Because sometimes when you're called to submit to the word versus what's happening all around you, you feel sort of silly. You're thinking, oh, I'm just being too old-fashioned. I'm being a stick in the mud. I'm just, you know. But no, you're, you're being a life giver by holding a pattern. Hold the pattern of righteousness. Hold the pattern of the life of God. He is, he said, I will create, he created man in his image, in the image of God, male and female, he created them. That's us. And each one of us carries a different aspect of who he is. And so, but, but in the Bible, the female aspect submits herself to the male in the covenant of marriage. And so we are uniquely equipped to carry the anointing in these different areas. And when we get them out of order, which they are completely out of order in the world system today, when we get them out of order, the curse increases. So I want, I want to help us reset vision for our families. I want to refresh vision in our families. That, ladies, you're not saying I'm less than him. I'm not as smart as him. Or I, I don't, ha you know, that he's got. No, you're probably smarter sometimes. <laughs> no, I did I say that? I didn't say that. I'm sorry. That something back there said that. I don't know. Uh, but sometimes you might know. I mean, I, I think of the book of Deborah. Deborah knew, and she had everybody coming up to, uh, to, to talk to her. Deborah was a judge in Israel. She lived on a high place. Everybody came up to the judge Deborah and got counsel from her. She could have drummed up the armies of Israel and gone out and won the war. But she knew that it was Barak who, who was supposed to do that. So she inspired him to his calling. And so, ladies, that's what I think our place is, is to inspire those around us, raising the children, uh, living with, uh, in, in the husband-wife relationship in the home. We carry an influence and an inspiration. We carry an atmosphere environment. We carry... Uh, the influence. Amen. Amen. In the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, one of the chapters is uh, habit number two. 
It says to begin with the end in mind. This is my ladder. To begin with the end in mind means to start with a clear understanding of your destination. Now we're setting, we're setting some boundaries. We're setting a destination, a clear understanding for vision, for the house of God, for the kingdom to manifest to a lost and dying world. We're showing them order in our homes. And ladies, when you, when you allow him to lead you, then you're going to have an authority in your voice even for the children. And, I, and this is really about, about the children in a sense that they need to see the male and female operating in coordination with each other. They need to see that. If you want to love your children, then love their parent and call, help them to respect both of their parents. Help them to honor their father and mother. I, I remember many years ago when I was learning things as a younger woman, asking the Lord to show me, how can, how can I really respect my husband and not be phony? You know, just because the Bible says so, and many women wrote books about all this stuff, and so you go home and you try it, and you do this stuff, and I didn't want to be phony about it. I wanted it to be real. So I said, how can I respect him, really respect him, and show him that? He said, and this threw me, because I wasn't expecting this, help him to honor his father and mother. Well, we didn't even have a problem with that, actually. I mean, his father and mother were great people. But I thought that was interesting that he would bring that in to me respecting my husband. Help him to honor his father and mother. Well, what does that produce in him? Long life. Amen? You may have problems with your mother or father-in-law, but there's lots of ways to honor. Sometimes you can't communicate with them, but you can pray for them. You can forgive them. You can pray that God will open their eyes. You can pray and, and honor them as human beings. If we honor each other as human beings, the children pick up on this, and then they get the blessing of it. This is how it's passed on. They need to see it. And the lost and dying world needs to see it. Man, when they see the church walking in the power of God, being life givers, and understanding, I mean... I just, I just get all caught up in it. One thing that I'm concerned about is that women are running rampant in the earth. And they are emasculating the men. And I would like to help the women stop that. <laughs> Does anybody agree with me that women are trying to emasculate the men? Not many of you. You don't get it? <laughs> I think they're, they're, of course, I guess because I've studied this so long that I'm concerned about that because I see the, the, the lack of discipline in the relationships. So To begin with the, the end in mind means to start with a clear understanding of your destination. It means to know where you're going so that you better understand where you are now so that the steps you take are always in the right direction. It's incredibly easy to get caught up in an activity trap, in the busyness of life, to work harder and harder at climbing the ladder of success, only to discover it's leaning against the wrong wall. It's possible to be busy, very busy, without being very effective. So do we have our ladder up there? Yes, leaning against the wrong wall. And ladies, sometimes we uh, put 
and men too. I'm not just talking. But we put preeminence on things that are not going to have eternal value. And we have careers, people, I, mean, I just, they, they sacrifice everything for a career. And when it's over, it's over. And sometimes you're called to sacrifice the career for the family. And that's hard. But that's where selfishness has to bow its knee, right? Because we wanted, I'm not saying God always tells you to do that, but if he's asked you to do that, then he has a better pathway for you. You're not going to be shorted, trust me. If you, ask, if you need a car and you ask God what kind of car and you leave it up to him, he's going to buy you a better car than you would have gone out and bought yourself. So if you ask God for a plan, he's going to give you a plan, but it's going to be better. It may start off slow and look small, but it's going to be better in the long run than it would have been if you'd have had your plan and kept it. So here's another thing. Titus 2, 3 through 5. These things are to be taught, and the fear of the Lord can be taught. We're talking about the fear of the Lord and honoring God and his principles and the kingdom of God. And being life givers, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> being life givers to the world. But we have to be in order. You can't have a big kink in the hose and think the water is going to come out and feed somebody and, and bless them. You've got to have an open hose. All the twists and the turns have to be out. And uh, now it, when I'm saying to submit, it says to submit to him as unto the Lord. It doesn't mean you submit to everything he tells you to do. He's not supposed to be bossing you around anyway. He's supposed to be loving you as Christ loves the church. So uh, sometimes you withhold because he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing either. That, that's a time when you just really have to ask the Lord, how do you want to handle this one? Amen? The Holy Spirit will counsel us and guide us. In, in the way that we should go. He will counsel us and guide us with our children. But the worst thing we can do for our children is to, is to not hold the position of the kingdom and to not honor their parent, their other parent. Don't ever disrespect the husband, ladies, to your children. Don't ever do that. And vice versa, guys. Don't ever disrespect their mother in front of the children. Because you are setting them up for trouble later in life. Don't let them hear you talk ugly to them. Uh, don't let them hear you uh, discredit them in any way. And I wish I'd have had all this when I was younger. But now I'm the older woman helping the younger women not to do some of the things that I might have made mistakes with. Titus 2, 3 through 5 says, Bid the older women similarly to be reverent and devout in their deport, deportment as becomes those engaged in sacred service. Not slanders or slaves to drink. They are to give good counsel and be teachers of what is right and noble so that they will wisely train the young women to be a sane and sober of mind, temperate, disciplined, and to love their husbands and their children. To be self-controlled and chaste. Homemakers. Is it, what did it say? It said good housekeepers in one of the definitions. Oh, we'll just leave that one out. Uh, homemakers, good-natured, kind-hearted, adapting and sub subordinating themselves to their husbands. That literally means to place yourself under. You submit yourself. 
He cannot make you submit. That's control. You choose to submit. And God will show you when and how. When to hold them and when to fold them. You're to submit to him as unto the Lord. He can't, he can't tell you, I want you to go out here and do something that's off out of, out of, the, out of the word, not, not in line with the word, and you have to obey him. No, it's not like that. You submit to him as unto the Lord. This helps him to grow spiritually when you do that. So um, it's, 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 it's a self-sacrificing place. Every one of us, because he, he's got to protect and provide. He's setting vision for the household. That's a lot. That's why he needed a helper. <laughs> Someone to come alongside and be on his team with him. We, need to be, we don't need to be his competitor. We need to be on his team with him. We need to come up and walk along beside with him like the Holy Spirit does us. And your children are the same way. Ask the Lord to show you how to raise them. And if you don't ever have children, if you've never had children, you still have people in your life. I liked what, um, what did they say about, well, at any rate, you have people in your life and you mentor them. That's, that's just like a mother and a child. You mentor them into the things of righteousness. And so we're to teach each other, help each other to be self-controlled, chaste, good-natured, Adapting and subordinating ourselves to our husbands that the word of God may not be exposed to reproach, blasphemed, or discredited. When we're not submissive, that's what happens. God gets discredited. And listen, if you're single and maybe never been married and never had children, you're still a woman. Made in the image of God. You have a place at work. You have a place in a family. You have a place where you're still a female and you carry an influence. So don't feel like you're not part of the game. You are. And you can carry these principles to the office, to whatever group unit you're in, respecting everyone, but have a, 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 a respect, learn to respect the male image of God. We, the devil has pitted us against each other so much through the years. So learn to respect the male image of God. Learn to respect the female image of God. And release those that have um, put uh, uh, blockages in your way. Blessing blockers. They're blessing blockers. Okay. I want us to... I want to remind us of one thing in 2 Kings 14, 26. We're just sort of chatting today. And we're having uh, hors d'oeuvres. It's not a full lesson where it's, you know, you get the three points in a prayer. It's just a little bite here and a little bite there and a little bite here and a little bite there. And we're refreshing our vision, amen, about who we are in Christ and what he wants from us in this earth so others can see, just like that lantern. Do you remember the lantern I showed you? The men are like the outward strong part. The women are the light on the inside of it. That lantern shows a picture. And when we stand together, male and female, husband and wife, um, uh, father, mother, and children, when we present that picture to the world, they're seeing God. They're seeing an image of God. And we want to be able to hold on to that. We don't want to let that go. We don't want the devil to rob us of that. 
and the world system is completely out of order, so don't even look at it. Or look at it and know that it's out of order. The man is the head of the household. And, and women today don't like that. I know they gnash their teeth at that. If they heard you say it, they'd think you were crazy and, and, and old-fashioned. <clears throat> but instead, you can go, ha, 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 I'm a life giver. We get the privilege, ladies, of showing the power that is released in submission. It's a privilege. And men, you get the privilege of protecting and providing. Uh, uh, one thing I never did care for is in a men's group, when they would need to go home and take care of the little woman. I thought, yeah, like you take care of a nuclear weapon. I don't like that being, you've got to go take care of the little woman. Because without us, she can't get it done. No, she can. But she's choosing to place herself under and allow y'all to be a team and allow you to develop and her to develop whatever she needs to develop. By doing that, we're choosing to do it God's way rather than our way. Amen? Amen. So we want to forgive. Well, let's look at 2 Kings 14. For the Lord saw the affliction of Israel, that it was very bitter. I know I use this a lot, but it's, to me it tells a lot. The Lord saw the affliction of Israel, that it was very bitter, for there was not any shut up, nor any left, nor any helper for Israel. We could say it this way, if you break all the words down and put them back together. The Lord saw the poverty, misery, and trouble of Israel. That it was very rebellious and disobedient because there was no one who would rein in or restrain themselves in order to release and free and restore someone else. There was no helper in Israel. So when the helpership role is missing, that's what it creates a lot of darkness because it throws a lot, it throws a lot of people out of, it throws everything out of order actually. So um, if we as women are living just for ourselves and not for God's glory, the helper is missing in our marriages, our families, our relationships, and in society as a whole. I can't tell you how important our part as woman made in the image of God is to God's kingdom being demonstrated in the earth. The word azer that is translated helper is found 21 times in the Old Testament and refers to God himself. So that's your piece of the puzzle. And the man's piece, will, somebody will talk about on Father's Day. But I, I see the male as a protector, provider of the household. And it's like she, the man is the roof and the foundation. I mean, Christ is the foundation. The man is the roof and the walls. And the woman puts the chairs, does the details inside. But we work together like that. And we blend together. And whether you're married, Deborah and Barack were not married to each other. But they functioned as male and female in the image of God. And this is the most blessed thing you can do for children. Is to reveal that to them. Is to, to demonstrate that. To live that out in front of them. And let them see the power of God move when everybody is on, the, on, on go. Amen? So let's just take a moment and... Uh, if you've ever had a problem with your mother, since it's Mother's Day, we're going to concentrate on them. If you've ever had a problem with your mother, I want you to take a moment right now and just 
two things. See her as God sees her and had a destiny for her, whether she fulfilled it or not. There's a lot of teaching that has not been going on through the years. So our parents probably didn't know a lot of things. And to just forgive, the, forgive her for her insecurities. After my mother left here, and I'm kind of being a little open, I'm, I'm, I may have told you this before, but after she left here, I was weeping over her one night and um, after she had gone. And, and she said, and she wrestled with depression a lot and, and always wanted to know the joy of the Lord. And she said, don't cry for me. I'm happier than I've ever been. I felt like God let her say this to me. I'm happier than I've ever been. She said, you go on and finish your race and do what you need to do. And someday we'll be together again. And when we are, I'll be able to love you in a way I was never able to do while I was there. Amen. So when you see them again, uh, hopefully they're in heaven. But I really believe that God knows our hearts and he would have made arrangements for that somehow through the years. If, if he knew you would come to this moment, he's gone before you in that area. And that when you do see him, all the hangups that we deal with in life, in the fallen nature, we all have them. Everybody has a fallen nature. And we're all uh, overcoming that. We're all taking the word of God and speaking to ourselves and changing ourselves by the power of his word. We're all dealing with these issues. But when you see that person again, they won't have those issues anymore. Neither will you. So now you can forgive them right now because everything's in order for you to do that. So let's just forgive our mothers. And Lord, we thank you for the mothers that we've had, whether good or bad. Uh, we don't know all that they had to put up with and take in life. And we don't know what was handed to them or not handed to them, Father. We don't know their hang-ups, but we, we forgive them, Lord. We release them. We ask you to forgive them. We forgive them, and we release them in Jesus' name. We put this relationship with my mother under the blood. Can you do that? Just put the relationship with your parents under the blood and ask God to straighten out what's crooked and light up what's dark and help you to understand or... Or be at peace. I command peace be still to you in that area. In Jesus name. I proclaim the victory of the blood of the lamb. Over your parenting relationships. In the name of Jesus. And Lord we just thank you. That by the stripes of Jesus. We were healed. In the name of Jesus. We thank you for it Lord. And we break off. Soul ties. Separating ourselves out from our mother's womb like you did the Apostle Paul. And we sever by the blood and in the name of Jesus, we sever soul ties off of ourselves. Soul ties. Soul ties. In the name of Jesus are broken. And Father, I thank you for filling these areas with your spirit. Filling these areas with your love. Let us be new creatures in Christ, Lord. The old things are passed away. All things are new. And the new things are of God. We are new creatures. Say, I'm a new creature. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood of the Lamb. 
I am a new creature. I release any offenses, any wounds, any, any unforgiveness. I release it to whatever was holding me back. In Jesus' name, amen. There you have the older women teaching the younger women. <laughs>